Welcome to the CE Pro Podcast. I'm Executive Editor Arlen Schweiger. Integrators know that lighting fixtures is a growing category, and one of the key sales angles often discussed with clients is the benefit of human-centric lighting or circadian rhythm lighting. But it turns out that your conversations with clients regarding the health benefits of light can go much, much deeper than HCL. For example, low-voltage LED lighting eliminates wireless radiation and electromagnetic interference that could be contracting a person's muscles while he or she sleeps. Also, some customers are now demanding hardwired networks instead of wireless communications in the home due to fear of health concerns. In this week's podcast, CE Pro editor Jason Knott spoke with two industry experts about this little-known phenomenon regarding the potential healing benefits of light that could help spur your lighting business. As always, be sure to subscribe to CE Pro's YouTube channel and hit that like button on our videos or subscribe to the CE Pro podcast on Apple and Spotify leave a review. You know, as the lighting fixture category has continued to blossom in the custom insulation channel, there are so many considerations that integrators probably weren't even thinking about when they were trying to determine what would be the right product for the right application. Some of those things that have never even been on the radar of integrators to think about before. And we're talking about things like line voltage versus low voltage, electrical licensing, human-centric lighting and and circadian rhythm lighting, and then even electromagnetic frequency and what kind of effects that can have on the lighting systems that you select. So here to talk with me about this today are two experts, uh, Maurizio Gaudio of Color Beam and Brian Hoyer of Shielded Healing. Hi, guys. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me, Jason. Thanks for joining me. So uh, Maurizio, let me start with you. You, you know, Color Beam was really a, a trendsetter in this category. You were literally the first company that was targeting the custom installation integrator and recognizing that this channel could be ideal for lighting fixtures. Um, you know, what was it that, that made you look at this channel and recognize that this would be a great channel for lighting fixtures? Uh, great question, Jason. So, in my past life, <laughs> we were, Mike and I, who are the founders of Color Bean, were integrators. We had a very large integration company in Canada. And, you know, we were selling lighting control and lighting fixtures for, I would say, a good 15 years prior. And then one day we were on a very large project and we lost out all the, for a million dollars of lighting fixtures by 1%. Uh, Because, you know, everyone's involved, distribution, electricians, you know, they can go out to bid for the same fixtures with many, many different avenues of being able to purchase that. So once I saw that and I saw what was happening with LED and all the challenges facing LED and how to control it, compatibility, obviously things have gotten much better when it comes to to those, uh, you know, challenges we faced early on. I said, you know, there must be something out there for our industry uh, that can help and get guys really into lighting fixtures and really, you know, they have to deal with all the problems anyway. Why not benefit from the revenue and the installation revenue? Since you're gonna, you're the phone call they're gonna make when it doesn't work. They're not gonna be calling the electrician who installed the light. They're gonna be calling you because they press the button and the light's not dimming properly or not turning on and they think right away, oh, it's the integrator. So why not benefit from that revenue. So that's pretty much how Color Beam came to be. And you've really been targeting the channel for what? Over five, six years, right? 
Yeah, we're in our sixth year now. Uh, so yeah, things have uh, progressed. We've done, uh, uh, we've made a lot of uh, changes too. And I see the channel getting really excited about it. There's so many new players in the channel, which is great to see. Just, you know, adds value and validity to what, uh, you know, we thought uh, would be a very good revenue stream for the, for the integrators. So digging a little deeper, you mentioned, you know, the LED revolution uh, that, that was taking place you know, that really has kind of been a game changer, but talk a little bit specifically about that. You know, what does that, what does that entail in terms of how lighting fixtures are deployed in terms of uh, the wiring the licensing requirements, all those sorts of things. So, you know, we're a little bit different, right, Jason? So we're not a high voltage uh, lighting company. So obviously anything that's not class two would still require an, an electrician to install. Uh, so even though the integrator can take that avenue and create some synergy, maybe with some electricians to have them install still the fixtures and do some sort of deal with them, with them selling them the fixtures or exchanging services, whatever it may be on how they want to deal with that. But we're a different animal. Everything we do is low voltage class two. So pretty much the integrator owns the whole project, including the lighting fixtures. They install it, they wire it. Our infrastructure is through CAT5. There's other infrastructures that are a low voltage that is not CAT5. And, you know, there's even POE lighting now that's come to market. So it's really fun to see that low voltage has really taken off also in the marketplace when we were one of the few still doing it six years ago. So that's fun to see also. So let me uh, let me jump ahead a little bit and talk about uh, human centric lighting, which is one of the uh, areas where we're seeing this wellness trend really resonate amongst integrators, amongst uh, elite consumers, uh, particularly. You know, and I've I've heard from so many integrators who are really embracing the the wellness trend and human centric lighting. They're they're having a little bit of trouble trying to get it beyond their their well -heal, most well-heeled or well, most affluent clientele. But give us a sense of what advice you can offer to an integrator who's coming to the table with a uh, low-voltage lighting solution from Color Beam and, and having that discussion with a customer about human-centric lighting, what it is, how it works, and why it's going to benefit them. So, you know, there's studies that are emerging right now, which are investigating possible connections between bad lighting. And, you know, I'm going to mention some words there again. There, there, there's possible connection, but there's still studies, uh, case studies happening in the market, you know, in relation to cancer, diabetes, insomnia, obesity, mental health, on and on, that bad lighting can affect. So there are some studies published in the medical journals, but again, we at Colorbeam, for instance, are not going to make any medical claims that, you know, our lights are going to cure them of insomnia, for instance. So, but there are studies, uh, things are evolving, but one thing is for sure from the studies that are happening, bad lighting does affect things. It does affect our, our mood. So, um, and maybe it might be just as simple as, you know, feeling awake during the day and being able to sleep a little easier at night. So there are studies more and more that show that and that have been published in medical journals. So we're going to be learning more in the future and for decades to come 
Uh, you know, there, only 20 years ago, something that really affected um, the uh, circadian rhythm and that was only discovered 20 years ago are the ganglion cells. And the ganglion cells are, are, are those rods and cones we use for vision are the ganglion cells, they, they're detecting the blue and cyan light and sending signals to the brain to suppress melatonin during the day and to release it at night. We only discovered this 20 years ago. So it's, it's fairly recent. So, you know, there, it's going to evolve. But, you know, like I said, there is substantial evidence that shows that bad lighting does affect people's moods. Yeah, I can I can add a little bit to that, too. Uh, I come from the health and wellness industry as a uh, as a professional uh, nutritional therapy practitioner. I work with a lot of medical doctors and hospitals and clinics all over the country and actually all over the world now. But uh, the the way that I approach things in my wellness practice is to go back to think about where humans came from and think about, okay, what did our ancestors come from? What kind of environments were we in? What did our biology evolve to be placed in? And if you think about it, like Mr. Caveman, he would wake up in the morning and the sun is rising. And there's a, because of the atmosphere, there's certain colors that are filtered out. That's why we look at like orange and red and yellow when the sun's rising. And then as it goes up and into the middle of the day, it gets to be a more cool blue color, like a, a higher Kelvin rating. And then it goes back down. And so that's kind of like, we're starting to realize that our biology is using these different wavelengths at different times of the day to do things like uh, trigger hor- certain hormone production, whether it's cortisol or melatonin, as, as was mentioned. Uh, but also light provides uh, stimulation for your mitochondria on, on this cell called cytochrome C oxidase and uh, near infrared light in particular uh, can trigger ATP production in, in your cell. And so we're realizing there's all these biological triggers that light and we're using the sun as the example, because that's the ultimate light that our ancestors were exposed to. Uh, there, there's all sorts of things that are, that are happening that, that we're discovering now uh, with the different temperatures of lighting and the different frequencies of the lighting and the nanometer wavelengths and everything that, are, that cause biological action. And so that, that's one of the, the key things when, when we go into someone's house, we're looking at their lighting and trying to figure out, okay, I can't sleep. Well, maybe it's because you have this really bright uh, white light that has a lot of blue in the spectrum that's depleting your melatonin or stop halting your, your melatonin production. And then if you went to a warmer light or even a red light that you would be able to uh, your body would be able to start producing melatonin and you'd get to sleep faster and, and have much deeper sleep. So we're working with doctors and discovering this. And so it's, it's all the rage right now in, in the health and wellness industry to have uh, healthy lighting uh, at the right color spectrum at the right time of day and matching the outdoor environment with the indoor environment. And it, it's making a huge difference uh, for many of our customers and uh, for patients that many of the doctors we work with. You know, it's funny, I've heard integrators open up a conversation where they talk to the customer and, and one of the questions they ask them is, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Smith, what color is light? And, and almost invariably, they're going to sit, the customer is going to say, oh, well, it's white. And, and then when you describe exactly what you just described, Brian, well, 
it, the, you know, we have rose colored and, and different color that in nature, light color changes. So why are we defining only one little portion of, of light is that white portion? Uh, so it's it's an interesting way to to to, um, to have that conversation with people. And, and you talk about the biological elements, you know, the, the reason that, you know, I think humans used to spend 90 percent of their time outdoors and now we spend 90 percent indoors, some sort of number like that. Yeah. And there's no way that our bodies could have evolved to, for that change in such, you know, in the last 150 years or 100 years or whatever it's been. So, but Brian, let me, let me, it's great that you interjected there because I want to find out exactly about shielded healing. Tell us a little bit about what shielded healing is and what you guys do. Yeah. So I kind of hinted at it there is that we're, we're trying, we try to really go into people's homes and recreate a more ancestral environment in, in the home. Um, and we know electricity has only been around since the late 1800s uh, with Nikolai Tesla. And uh, so we, we have natural electromagnetic radiation and then unnatural electromagnetic radiation that, that that's man-made that we've introduced into our environment that was never there before less than 200 years ago. And so our goal is to really ask that question, okay, what is a more ancestral or biologically friendly environment or habitat for humans? And to, and, and as we've asked that question, we, we come up with all kinds of equipment that we can, we can actually test these things with. We can test DC energy coming off, off the ground when you connect a multimeter to the ground and you can test your, your body voltage and your DC voltage and current coming off the ground. And then AC voltage simply never existed before. So we have all of these homes with AC voltage that are, you think about the way electricity impacts the body, it's stimulating muscle contractions. How do you restart a heart? You know, you pump voltage into the heart, it contracts the heart muscle. And then, uh, you know, the, you have those little things that you can do to stimulate involuntary muscle contraction, those little electrodes that you can put on your muscles that for shock therapy, or they use it for some people that are, that are going through some kind of physical therapy for, to, to wake up muscles and things like that. Um, it, it can cause involuntary muscle contraction with these voltages. So what we've done in the modern world is we've surrounded ourselves with Romex wiring with these voltages that are coming on and we can measure this, like you can measure anywhere from 5,000 millivolts to, to 15,000 millivolts or 15 volts on your body while you're sleeping, contracting your muscles all night long. That's something that never happened before we had electricity in our homes. And so it's relatively new for the human body to be exposed to these frequencies. And uh, we're finding that when we cut all of these things out, whether it's electric, electric fields from alternating current, magnetic fields from alternating current, electromagnetic interference running on the electrical lines, and then also all the wireless signals that people are sleeping better, they're, they're, they've got more energy, and a lot of the symptoms that they have from various uh, conditions that they're working with their doctor to, to mitigate they, they simply go away or they help the therapies that they're, they're trying to work better. And so the goal is to recreate that environment, especially in the bedroom while the person's sleeping and healing, but then also looking at the daytime areas and, and saying, you know what, it, it's really important to, to integrate, uh, especially with the lighting to have a good rhythm so that, so that nighttime you can sleep because there's certain wavelengths of light during the day that you need to be exposed to in the blue range that actually help your body to produce precursors to melatonin later in the day. 
And so you, you actually produce serotonin in the day that's triggered by this reaction of blue light with photoreceptors on the skin and through your eyes. And then that helps you to produce the proper amount of melatonin so you can get deeper sleep and also detoxifying sleep because melatonin is a potent antioxidant that floods the brain at night when you're sleeping. So um, the, the goal with shielded healing is we go into people's homes, we're testing the lighting, we're testing the wireless radiation exposure, the electric fields, magnetic fields, wiring errors. We work with electricians to fix those. And then also uh, the electromagnetic interference that's coming up, coming from the electrical company with that a lot of people are dealing with as well. So we're putting in those solutions for people, assessing what needs to be done. And then, uh, and then we're seeing amazing results with that. So um, one of the things that I mentioned in the, in the opening there was um, what differentiators that an integrator needs to be looking at when he's choosing his lighting fixture line. And you guys have done specific measurements related to color beams uh, line. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So some of the things we look for is appropriate spectrum at the proper time of day. So, so with, with human centric lighting, you're, you're looking at having a lower Kelvin rating early in the day and then going to uh, a higher Kelvin rating and then back down to a lower Kelvin rating. Cause you want, you want to basically be mimicking what the sun is doing. And so color beam hits all those marks for, for that. But then also we're looking at the flicker because there's this imperceptible flicker that can happen with LEDs that are running on 60 hertz electricity. And, and some of them, if they don't have a, a constant current driver in them, they will actually flicker with that 60 hertz. And you can take a slow motion video and you can actually see that. And so for people that are super sensitive, which a lot of our customers are, they get headaches under, under certain types of types of lighting, even if they can't visibly see it flickering, your eyes actually constantly trying to adjust to it because your brain isn't processing that information fast enough, but your eye is, is processing it as it's coming in. And so uh, we have people that are getting headaches and uh, just general brain fog. And those are some of the symptoms that, that we see with people who are under flicker, flicker lighting or even fluorescent lighting or LED lighting uh, that's, that's running off of that 60 Hertz. So color beam, because it's running on DC on low voltage DC, um, it's, it doesn't flicker. It has a direct constant flow and, uh, and anything that the dimming in between is above, uh, I believe it's above 700 Hertz. Maybe you could, uh, elaborate on that a little more, but, um, it's, it's above the threshold where humans are going to be able to detect it or there's any in the studies, there's not any detectable uh, biological effect. Correct. Now, we also introduced uh, a new LED chip uh, where we essentially change the phosphor process and there's actual calculations integrators can do to make sure that they're hitting uh, an, what's called when designing human centric lighting is called an MP ratio. So it's those wavelengths that Brian's been talking about. So you, there's a way to make those calculations. So what we've done with our new chip, which is the HECA chip is there's a huge cyan dip normally in an LED chip. So we've injected cyan between the blue and the green. So essentially we eliminated that dip and then we enhanced the whole red region of our LED chip. 
uh, on the HECA. So we're able to go get those nanometer requirement wavelengths during the day and at night. Yeah, it's fascinating. And um, <clears throat> I love how you, you, you mentioned, Brian, it was imperceptible, yet the, the mind is, 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 uh, is seeing these things. So it, people may not even know why they're getting headaches or brain fog or these sorts of things, because as you said, they really can't see it. So let me ask you another question that I know it's going to be on the top of mind for integrators is now we're talking about this, uh, this uh, electromagnetic interference. Is that something that also can affect other systems in the home? Because integrators are obviously now installing lots of wireless audio, lots of wireless control systems. Is that have an effect or is it just on such a different frequency? It doesn't really matter. That's a great question. And, you know, this is something that's been controversial among physicists for a while. But because of all the advances in the lighting industry and it's just I always tell people in the wellness industry, you know what? I have the most hope for the lighting industry because they're the ones that are realizing that that non-ionizing radiation actually has a significant biological effect. And classic physicists, you know, for, you know, decades have thought that it's only ionizing radiation that causes disease. Well, visible light is on is on the non-ionizing spectrum and it can cause a deviation from normal function for sure. That's a, that's a, that's a, you can take that to the bank. That's absolutely hundred percent completely true by all the studies that we see out there on how blue light affects melatonin. And so it kind of throws that whole idea that, that non-ionizing radiation cannot have an effect on the, on human biology. And, uh, and with that, it kind of opens the door. Okay. Well, what other types of effects do other, these other frequencies have as well that we've never been exposed to before? And so, and there's actually a loads of information on this uh, from, from different organizations, even government organizations. You know, a lot of people don't know that the World Health Organization classifies radio frequency radiation as a type 2B carcinogen, the same category as cigarettes. And so um, in, in high amounts, it can be carcinogenic and cause disease, but a lot of people are approaching this from the allopathic paradigm where we're looking at what causes disease and not necessarily what causes dysfunction in the body. And so the parameters, the variables, a lot of the tests aren't set up to look at, okay, does it, does it decrease the amount of sleep that you get? Does it cause headaches? Does it cause these other things? They're looking at a diagnosis as an end result rather than a symptom or quality of life, energy, those sorts of things. And so that's one of the advantages of having human-centric lighting, but also um, coming at this perspective of what's a more ancestral environment is, and does it have a biological effect at all, is that yes, wireless radiation does have an effect. It, it can cause a leaky blood-brain barrier. A lot of people have uh, symptoms of ringing in the ears. And when there's placed in a room that's shielded in a shielded Faraday cage, there's been, there's been many cases that, that we've seen where the ringing in the ears just completely disappears once they're in that environment. And so there's this, there's this neurosurgeon that did, did this study with rats. Uh, his name is Dr. Alan Frey. Uh, and uh, he's known for this, the Frey effect, where there's this ringing in the ears, this audible ringing from radiofrequency radiation. And uh, in the study, he had two groups of rats and exposed one group to uh, 2.4 gigahertz radiation, which is what you'd be using in a lot of these, these integrations. Uh, and 
and in the group that, uh, and in one of the groups, it caused a, an immediate uh, leakage of the blood-brain barrier, and the other group, it didn't. The one that was not exposed, and so they did that by injecting methylene blue dye into the femoral artery, and then monitoring this. And uh, we know that this is absolutely completely true because there's some scientists in uh, in in Europe that actually use radio frequency to cause the blood-brain barrier to to become leaky so that they can administer different drugs and do experiments and things like that. So there's specific frequencies that they use to cause the blood brain barrier to be permeable. And these are some issues that people have when with neurological diseases, like, like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's is they, they have a, a leaky blood brain barrier. So, um, you know, without getting into the diagnosis too much, the goal really is to, to have, have people put in environments that are more ancestral, and mimic that just for the sake of what we don't know. And there are, there is a lot of studies that show what we do know. And, and uh, also a lot of anecdotal evidence, which I've been uh, mentioning a lot as well. So Marito, so I'm an integrator and I'm looking to, to choose my, my low voltage lighting line. Is there a, some sort of like stamp of approval or certification from shielded healing, or is it some sort of specification specifically that's showing the, the, the EMI level output or lack thereof that they should be showing to customers? What, what is it that they need to, to show that differentiation? Yeah, we're, we're working on some various certification programs. We do a lot of uh, product endorsements and product consulting uh, with, with various health and wellness products from saunas to red light therapy devices and things like that. And, uh, and we're, we've been working uh, well testing color beam extensively. So there's currently, there's not any certification that, that we have in the market that's, that's uh, kind of going to the same standards that we're testing. Uh, but we're, we're basically testing nature and trying to uh, recreate the same thing in, in the internal environment in our house. So if you have a, if you have a spectrometer that you use, um, you can, you can get one and you can actually test what's outside and then test what's inside. And you're going to want to try to match that spectrum as closely as possible. Um, so, so that's, that's really the, the, the gold standard for, for everything is okay. What's nature. And then trying to get that, um, inside. So what's your, what's your time frame, Brian, on, on that? Cause I could see that as like the good housekeeping seal of approval, you know, that, that out there that, that integrators should look for uh, when they're trying to select their, uh, their lighting lines? Timeframe. I'd say by early 2023, I'll have, uh, I'll have some uh, various products kind of under, under our wing that we can, we can say, okay, now we've got these, these standards set and we can, we can uh, move forward with that. So I would look in 2023 to on the shielded healing website for, for that information. Fantastic. On the lighting side, Jason, there are some, you know, certain building standards on the commercial side, which is the, the well standard, it's called. They're at version three now, uh, which, you know, you have to hit these melanopic phototopic ratios and that kind of stuff when designing lighting. Uh, so there are some standards out there, but it's it's a bit of a battle on who's going to win on what until there is some real conclusive, uh, you know, scientific evidence that it really helps with sleep deprivation. 
uh, you know, and they've come up with a standard that says this is how it has to be installed and this is how it, it prevents it. Um, you know, well, things are progressing. Like I said, it's going to evolve and evolve. It's evolving, you know, I would say on a weekly basis for us anyway. We're involved with a circadian biologist uh, that we've taken on, that has taken us under his wing also. He's been studying uh, circadian rhythm for the last 20 years. He's at a university institute in Australia. His name is Sean Kane. So uh, he has a lot of studies. He's published some medical journals on it also. So, you know, the standard is not quite developed yet. There are certain well-building standards and there is an element of lighting in there. There's other standards too when it comes to wellness lighting. Uh, but, you know, what we're getting from our integrators is, hey, it can't hurt to put better lighting. And not only that, the way it transformed the rooms and the color texture on our vase that we paid $20,000 for or our skin tone looks so much better under this light and the way it transforms the room. I think the customers see that, unfortunately, as uh, as a hey, great. I'm happy I bought this lighting versus maybe what the other benefits they're getting from it. So, you know, there's there's that caveat, too, where how it transforms the room and how it makes the room really look so much better. And, you know, the $30,000 granite floor that they bought, you know, when you put it under very bad lighting, doesn't look at all the same when, you know, they bought it. So, you know, it's all these different approaches that really they, they see that having tunable lighting and a really good chipset in the tunable light really makes a difference. Yeah. And yep. to, to add on that a little bit is, is uh, you know, the, the wellness aspect, there may be some people that don't care as much about that, but then there are, there are a lot of people that, that, uh, Hey, that's the central reason that they, they want to go with color beam or human centric lighting. And there's, there's even a lot of new studies out there that show uh, the effect of various frequencies and colors as being beneficial to, to the human body for, for various uh, illnesses or, or conditions. There's even uh, FDA approved uh, LED lights that you can put on your face to get rid of acne and to get rid of migraines. And, to, and, and so this, this industry is, is evolving in a way that I don't think any industry in, in, in the whole, in any, any market is really evolving and that like, oh my gosh, it's like light is life. And there's, there's so much that we can get from all these different frequency and wavelengths because they penetrate at different, you know, because they are different wavelengths, they penetrate in different ways into the skin and onto the body. And they, they stimulate different cells in the mitochondria. And so it's, it's interesting that there's, there's ways that you can help support migraine headaches with green light, for instance, and with color beam. That's one of the reasons I love it is because you can change all the colors with the RGBW lighting that they have. And so if you happen to have a migraine, you can just change your lights to green and get that migraine relief. And uh, you can change it to red and get more stimulation of your, of your mitochondria and not have the blue light that's going to suppress your melatonin later at night. So there's, there's just so much flexibility. If you want to sleep in more, you can change the lighting so that it, there's not as much blue. And uh, there, there's just a, a lot of flexibility with, with how you can actually use the system. In addition to all the aesthetics, the high CRI levels and, and everything else, it's, it's just a very, very nice system to be able to use for all the wellness and the, in the biohacking world. If you haven't, if you integrators haven't heard about biohacking, look up that term and you'll see a lot of information about, 
about light therapy and those, those types of things. And this is a huge advantage for that. So a big selling point for customers. Very interesting. Now, let me, let me turn to something that Maurizio mentioned, which is on that transformational aspect of, of lighting. And so many integrators, again, are, are new to the category. And we know that 99% or 98% of all homes have never had lighting design at all. And now integrators are coming in and, and, you know, there's, there's so many different elements. There's task lighting, there's pathway lighting, there's, you know, um, art lighting for, for illuminating the art. There's um, uh, exterior lighting, all those sorts of things. How does an integrator, what does an integrator really need to know Maurizio from a lighting design standpoint? And is there any way that color beam can help them? So uh, they can definitely go to uh, the lighting institutes that, you know, have standards for X amount of lumens or lux in a room and room application. So this information is available, um, you know, and how a light is positioned. I would strongly encourage them to take at least a preliminary course in lighting design and the standards in lighting designs for different room applications and what people do in those rooms and the type of light that they need. The way we do it is we want to make it as painless as possible. We do everything for them. So they send us in their drawing. We'll do the full lighting design for them. We'll, we'll have a chat with them about their customer. What are they looking for? What's the style in the house? What's really the, what's the customer looking for in their lighting system? Is tunable the way to go? Um, do they want color? Do they entertain a lot? Is it a health, uh, you know, is it a health benefit they're looking for? You know, those type of things. We'll design the whole lighting for them. We'll do the bill of materials for them. We'll even do the hookup diagrams for them, how to put it together. We'll send them all the labeling for their wiring that they're going to pass. We're going to give them the full, full booklet on how to install it. All they really have to do is go run wire, plug and play. It's all on the drawings. We want to make it as painless as possible for them to get into it. And then you know how integrators are. They want to. They don't want to count on anybody. They want to do it themselves. They're on a timeline. They don't want to be at the mercy of waiting for someone to get them information. But they need to get their feet wet. So maybe start with a home theater. Maybe start with just a kitchen if you're in a renovation type of thing. Start getting your feet wet. Start taking some classes. You know, really lean on us for help and getting you the information. And, you know, once you got, you know, five, 10 projects under your, your belt, you're going to start understanding the industry more, understanding a bit more about how to install it. And then you'll be off to the and running to the races. It's, it's, it's just a process. That's good advice on how to get started. So an integrator who hasn't really yet dabbled in lighting, it's not too late for, for this category. We're just at the beginning of the growth of this category. Yeah, the uh, the information we're getting back, let's say from, you know, we're part of buying groups is that, you know, it's maybe 10% of the integrators, maybe in some buying groups, 15% are doing lighting. So we're really at the infancy for them just yet, just yet. So how have the concerns that the potential health effects of uh, wireless emissions affected what integrators are seeing their customers ask for from their network standpoint? That's a really good question. So uh, a lot of our customers, especially higher end customers, I do a lot of home build consultations. The, the recommendations that we have and what they want is they actually want 
the they want wired networks. They want to have a little Ethernet port with an adapter that they can plug their phone into or their their iPad into, uh, right on their kitchen island and any place that they can use it. They want a whole low voltage uh, wireless or wired network installed so they can connect and they can stay connected everywhere. They also want wired security systems. They want everything to be wired. They want to get rid of the all the wireless information, wireless uh, radiation and exposure while they're in their house because we're exposed to it enough when we're outside our house. So a lot of a lot of people are viewing their house more as a sanctuary, where a respite where you can get away from all the the external stimulation, and still be connected and still have the technological advantages of having an auto automated house or a, or a smart house without all the wireless frequencies. And so integrators uh, that are still installing these wired networks and understand that we don't want wireless signals in the house, they're kind of hard for us to come by. And uh, I would love to have more referrals in that area for people that are willing to, to work with us and find security systems and find different products in the market that are that don't require wireless uh, transmission and they can use a wired connection. And Colorbeam is that. They have everything so you can you can wire it without and have automation without having uh, wireless transmissions. Uh, all right, uh, I, this has been a fascinating discussion. I learned a lot. I know that our listeners and uh, on our podcast and our, our viewers on the, um, on the YouTube channel are gonna learn a lot when they see this. So. Maurizio Gaudio and Brian Hoyer, thanks for joining CE Pro today. Thank you yep. so much for having us, Jason. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks. Mm-hmm.